Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Thanks for joining us again here in Grounds for Discussion. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And today we are discussing the book Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. I'm, again, not sure how to say the name. That's, we never really know how to pronounce the names on this, yeah. this thing here. But um, that, I think you did pretty well because um, that's exactly how it's spelled. So <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the book that we are talking about today. Um, do, do you have some coffee sitting there, Beck? I do. It's my second cup, actually. Um, it's... It, it might be my third. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember this morning. <laughs> well, so, yeah. You know. I might need a third today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it's been that kind of day for you. It so. has. It has. Well, I will say, though, the coffee has been a highlight because I tried something a little bit different today. Um, Ooh, what'd you try? I used um, a pumpkin shake um, in with oh. my coffee. And nice. then I used a little bit of pumpkin creamer, and I put a little Cool Whip on top, and I put a little pumpkin spice. So well, you got yourself a little a little fall treat. There. I am really into the fall right now, and I'm like, come on, weather, you can do it. And this morning, See? it was 62 out. I was like, this is amazing. I loved it. Nice. So I was kind of in nice. the mood for like a a fall drink. Yes. So. Well, now that it's September, it feels a little more legit to me mm-hmm. because I have to say, I mean, I know there's like this, this internet like thing about like, hey, you know, it's, it's fall. And then people are like, it's not stop ruining summer. I know. <laughs> you know? People do that with Christmas too. It's like, <laughs> let people decorate whatever they want. Why do you have to yes. be in control yeah. of everybody else's decorating <laughs> skills? Come on. Well, I kind of just think it's funny because to me, I don't really care that much either way. I will say I do enjoy <laughs> like the cooler weather. Like, yes. But but in Florida, it's moot. There yeah. is no. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be cool for another two it months. It is so, going to be as hot as Hades all year round, right? Yeah. So, so it's like why I don't, you know, you may as well call it fall if you want to or not. If you'd rather it's still summer, it really <laughs> right. still is. So go however you want. With right. That. But come Christmas, people are going to be wishing they were there. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If you live in a snowy state. (laughs) Yes. Well, I have one of those um, micro, what's it called? The Starbucks canned Nitro. Yeah. Nitro. That's it. Nitro cold brew. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice because I actually had put a cup in the freezer. Ooh. (laughs) And so I pulled out my freezer cup and then poured it in. So it has like a little, like, almost like head of foam, you know? And I'm like, ooh, that kind of worked out pretty there. Yeah. And it's a, um, it's a dark cocoa one. Oh. So I'm enjoying Exotic. I'm enjoying Gotta say, <laughs> yes. So we both it's have a, a little bit of a different theme going on. Yes. I went the cocoa route myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I went the pumpkin. Somebody the other day was like, apples are the real, you know, decoration and and feel of fall and I was like I love them both but you can't have apple coffee so that doesn't work for me and I'm not a big like cider I like cider but here's the thing I have lived in the south for so long now 
And you can't get like no. I don't know why, but you can't get like real apple cider. Right. It well, because I don't think it. we have a lot of apple trees, do we? Right. So right. you know, the apple trees are up north. So I feel like what we get on the store shelves down here is is not it's it's juice to me. Yes. Like there's no pulp. There's no stuff. Yep. Like floaties, you know? Yeah, I and agree. It's, it's not the same to me. So, yeah. So, yeah. I have to move on and go to other flavors because I can't right. find a good, a good that's cider. That's right. So. And if I yeah. happen to go to a... I mean, that that's fun. Like, going to a cider mill, like, in oh, the Oh, yeah. Fall, I miss it. So fun. I do. But I can't... You know, I just got to be happy with where yep. I'm, where you I'm at. You got to take what you can get. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, Clara and the Sun, would you like to kind of tell people, yeah. for those who maybe didn't read it or are trying to refresh their memory, want to give a little, yes. little synopsis? Yeah, I would love to. So, Clara and the Sun is a story about, um, actually, it's an artificial friend is what they call her. Clara is the artificial friend. She's um, like a companion robot, and the, the book starts out with Clara... Um, in it, at first you're not quite where, uh, sure, like where she is. I, I figured out she was like, you know, you pretty quickly figure out that she was, um, in a store, like, a, uh, you know, like you, when you walk into Apple and there's like a bunch of Apple products, like it was a store yeah. specifically for artificial intelligence, artificial friends. That's what they call them. Yep. So. And all of these um, AFs are waiting to be purchased. So Clara is one of those. And she eventually does go home with um, a little girl and her mother. And, well, not little. I, I can't, is she in her teens, I think? Yeah, I feel like she's maybe a preteen yeah. or 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah, so, you know, she's a little bit older. But, um, and Clara, you get the whole story through Clara's eyes so she is not necessarily capable of emotion um because she's a robot so it's interesting hearing uh her perspective of people and uh social gatherings and um just you know what you would when you read a book you you hear the feelings of people and she didn't really have that to an extent. So um, that's why when we talked about this book and said that it was kind of sci-fi, that's why we mentioned that. Um, but it was definitely an interesting read. Um, yeah. So these, these robots are used, um, as friends and Clara was bought by a, a girl named Josie. So right away, um, you are introduced to Josie and her mom. Um, what did you think of like the whole relationship in the beginning with Josie and Clara? Um, so yeah, it's obvious that Josie 
is fixated on Clara, and there are um, supposedly kind of some newer models that have come out. Clara's not sort of the mm-hmm. latest model. Right. Um, and so the mom is like, I don't know, we should maybe go with a newer model, this kind of thing. And, and Josie is like, no, mom, this is the one I want. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know why Josie particularly was so fixated on Clara specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. They, and it, and I don't feel like the author really kind of ever no. said exactly um, why that was. I um, think the selling point for the mom, it was that um, Clara was really, really good at remembering details and facts and she could, yes, she could, you know, uh, and not only that, it out. Um, I think the that she was considered very perceptive. Yes, for an for an AF, mm-hmm. she was very observant and very perceptive. And so, in fact, the mom actually says, "Can you demonstrate how Josie walks?" Yes, because you're pretty early on introduced to this idea that Josie um, is in some manner unwell Mm -hmm. she either has bouts of sickness or there's something yeah that's physically Mm -hmm. ailing Josie but they the author again there's a lot that the author never specifically tells us yeah and you're just supposed to kind of intuit or you know deduct from what's there um and and it's it's hard because there's a lot of that in this book so you're sort of trying to figure out okay when am I? How far in the future is this supposed to be? Right. You know, where where am I in the world? Mm-hmm. Is there is there a geography that would help me figure out what's mm-hmm. going on here? Or, you know, so all of those things throughout the book, you're sort of trying to figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's clearly supposed to be at some point in the future. Right. But how far and how, you know, right. is this almost like a dystopian situation mm-hmm. where everything has fallen apart and then kind of reformed mm-hmm. or so yeah what what did you what were your thoughts on um the whole idea of lifted children okay that the first time that the author introduced that concept I was like "Ooh, there's more there like he gave it was good because yeah. he gave you just a little snippet of it and it made you want to keep reading because I was thinking, what? What is going on here? Um, but right. apparently, lifted in in my understanding of it, that like these children would. It sounded like the parents were able to make the decision whether or not they wanted their child lifted. Um, yes, because uh, one of Josie's friends, Rick, was not lifted, but um, it is pretty much being genetically engineered, right? That's my understanding. That's what I came to. Okay. So I thought that was interesting because Josie is supposed to be genetically engineered, right? Right. But she has this issue and she has this walking issue, but I think it's more than just walking because her mom is afraid that she's going to die. Right. So I... I was a little confused by that. Like, if she was lifted, then why would they not just fix whatever was wrong by genetically, you know? Does that make sense? Right. So what I finally came up with, and I have no idea if this was correct or not, but what I finally came up with by the end of the book was that 
kids who are lifted genetically, yeah, um, there must be some additional risk that something mm. could go wrong. Will go wrong. Mm. That was what I kind of came up with. There must be some kind of inherent risk that somehow they aren't able to actually manipulate everything as well as they hope and mm. something goes wrong and you end up with these physical problems. Okay. If you're lifting their brain, then their then their body is somehow right, not able right. to cope. That makes sense. Um, and, and the reason I came up with that is because um, when there's this meeting between all these lifted kids, one of the moms of one of the lifted kids, so, um, you know, they're having this meeting at Josie's house of all mm-hmm. these lifted kids. And um, one of the moms says something about Rick, who is Josie's friend, who is not lifted. Right. And she says something about basically, did Rick's parents just kind of lose their nerve? Mm-hmm. And you, you goes on that conversation goes on, and you find out Josie had a little sister mm-hmm. who died. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it was basically she, her parents wanted her lifted. And because of that, she ended up dying. Right. So I, that's all I could come up with. To me, it seemed like the lifting didn't necessarily um, make anybody more intellectually superior. So yeah, what was the it, benefit it, yeah. of lifting? What just the social status of it? I, it seemed like there definitely was a social status, almost like sort of the, um, you know, the, the better off, the wealthier right. or that kind Would of thing. Would do it for their this children. This was like yeah. a fad for them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong on that. Maybe I was no, just reading I think, into that. I think you're right because Rick, they portrayed him as, you know, poor. And right. um, the mom talked about how she couldn't, you know... Uh, something about being able to, uh, f- something about financial stuff. I can't remember the specifics, yeah. but I remember thinking, oh, he's poor. He can't afford to. Which would make sense because genetic engineering. Right. You know, <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I, I would imagine that that would be, that would cost some money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, and I also didn't know, I wondered if it was like, are they genetically engineering these children before they're born or after? Mm. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I was just kind of confused about that. Uh-huh. Because it almost sounded like it was some some kind of process they were doing after, yes. the, after the child was born. It yeah. wasn't like they were engineering an embryo. Right. Or whatever. They were engineering, like, a child. Yep, that's how, how I took it, too. Okay. Which is even more uh, creepy a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then the whole concept of... Um, having an artificial friend was so interesting to me Um, because you think of like, you know, they go and handpick these, these quote unquote friends and, and you, you saw Clara seeing other artificial friends being treated poorly. Um, There's even one scene where uh, she goes to one of these meetings, these social meetings with, Josie's friends and uh, they want to kind of abuse her and like throw her around the room or you know they're trying to like be funny and um, so they're you know some of them really don't take care of their artificial friends or treat them well 
Right. But, um, but Josie, for the most part, I think does, um, you know, she's spoiled, but, <laughs> or right. very selfish. Um, but you know, she doesn't abuse her or anything like that. But that, just the, the relationship between an artificial friend and a person was, the concept was interesting to me because you think, well, are we headed towards that in a sense when it comes to technology? Like, are we making friends of, you know, we make friends on social media that we've never met in real life. Are we, or like you think of TikTok influencers or, you know, there's these people that we don't really know that we consider friends. And, um, you know, that's because of technology. Um, And we've talked about technology before on this show. Like it can be used for good or evil, but um, it's just interesting to think about how, how are we... Was the author trying to say that we are slowly moving towards a society built on not real friendships or not real uh, connection? I don't know. But I I just, that was interesting to think about. Yeah. And that leads right into what I was kind of thinking about as you were talking about this, the idea that um, when you, you kind of get further into the book, you realize that, Josie's mother has plans for Clara Mm -hmm. and you're like, what is going on? And finally you realize she, she, the whole reason that she chose or allowed Josie to choose Clara is because she thought Clara would be a good fit. If Josie died, they could basically, you know, use use Clara, use Clara as her replacement. Mm -hmm. And at first you're thinking, Oh, they're going to use Josie or they're going to use Clara to like help remember Josie or like train somebody else to be like Josie. And then you realize, no, they want Clara to become Josie pretty much. Right. And so then it gets into this whole concept of um, what is the difference between an extremely high functioning machine Mm -hmm. that can interpret emotion and can, mm-hmm. um, you know, has, has these very complex systems that are able to, I mean, she knew when people were sad and she wanted to help. She knew when, pe- you know, I mean, so, so it's clearly this very advanced piece of technology and they're actually going to start using this, these machines mm. as humans, complete human substitutes for, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I, I really think that's a pretty big statement that the author is trying to make. Yes. Um, because the person who is designing the Clara re- or the Josie replacement mm-hmm. that he's like going to fit to Clara, basically, if if Josie passes away. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about, you know, early on in all of this technology, a lot of people just believe that um, there's no way to replace a human because you can't replace a soul. Right. And as science has advanced, we've realized there really is no soul. It really is just very complex. Like, humans are very complex machines. Mm-hmm. Like, we have all the parts. We know how to make an eyeball. We know how to make... Right. You know, we know how to make a, a finger. We know how we know how to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't any spark that's missing. Mm-hmm. It, there is no soul. Yeah. 
And the the dad of Josie talked about that. And he, he talked about how Clara would have to not only act like Josie, but she would have to learn Josie's heart. Do you remember that part? Yes. Um, yes. And then there's more to a person than even just their heart. But uh, we obviously believe that everybody has a soul. So... Um, the author seemed to be saying that there is no such thing as a soul. That's kind well, of... Well, I, I honestly wasn't sure where the author landed on it. I thought he was trying to bring up this idea of, you know, as we get closer and closer to being, you know, being able to regrow skin from stem cells and being able to do all yeah. this stuff, we feel like we are able to create life. And whether he agrees with that or disagrees with that, he's definitely bringing up some big issues oh yeah mm-hmm. so i i really wasn't sure where where the author ended up on that but he definitely um he's making a big point mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um i i yeah and i and i know pretty much nothing about the author i i need yeah, to do i don't research either on him to find out um where he's coming from but obviously he he's japanese mm-hmm. and um you know the you know japan is where a lot of the the yeah. new technology i mean yes. it's just a very technological society yes so it's not surprising that he would be asking the questions of and it's not new a lot of other people have asked these questions but mm-hmm. it's just he's really just trying to to ask some really big mm-hmm. sort of universal questions about the nature of a soul mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah where does the spark of life come from is it just being able to mimic the exact movements and the exact brain, you know, waves or whatever. Right, right. Or is there more to it than that? Mm-hmm. And of course, for you and I, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that old joke about where, you know, a scientist tells God, well, we're, we've come far enough now. We can create our own life. We don't need you. Mm. And so there, God says, fine, let's have a contest. I'll make, I'll make life, you make life. We'll see who does better. And, you know, God, God gets, gets everything together and he makes a, you know, this beautiful tree or whatever. And then the scientist is like, ah, big deal. And he starts gathering up all this dirt and stuff. And God's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. That's my dirt. Get Mm -hmm. your own dirt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And just making the point that. No, you can't, you know, if you go back far enough, you need something to build with. Right. And I built from nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I just, you know, I mean, it's, it's that old question about, you know, where does the spark of life come from? Mm -hmm. And if you read Genesis and believe it, it's from the mouth of God, the Mm -hmm. word of God, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, I thought, um, it was interesting how. Uh, near the end of the book, it seemed like Clara was able to have the capacity to love Josie because she sacrificed for her. Um, yeah. But I did not see the same desire from Josie towards Clara. So I, the right, human didn't, either. didn't have the same sacrificial love as the artificial friend. Um, yeah. Like, she didn't stick up for her when her friends wanted to toss her around. And she didn't right. show affection for her, for Clara. She was, like, sometimes she was rude and, you know, yeah. self-centered. So, 
Um, and then near... And you do wonder... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, well, you just wonder if he's, again, making a statement about, look, the technology is, yeah. had, had more sacrificial love than the mm-hmm. real human, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, again, you know, it's if it's a machine, I don't think it truly is. Right. But at the same time, that I think he's trying to make a point. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. What did you think of the whole um, picture game that Ricky had with Josie? Do you remember that um, part where they would, where she would draw a picture and then he would like caption it or draw yes. a little word, um, uh, yeah. like bubbles. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. What did you think about that? I thought that was strange <laughs> and I, I knew I, there was something more there, but I didn't know what I was missing. Yeah, I, I kind of found it a little odd, too. I think that, um, you know, okay, so Josie and Rick are have been best friends since they were little, and Josie is kind of, it, it's assumed by everyone that she's destined for greater things and that Rick can't follow mm-hmm. because he's not lifted. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of, um, it's sort of, they have sort of this us against the world mentality of, no, we're going to stay friends. We're right. going to be together. Um, and all, I got the sense of we'll be together even as like a couple. Yes. Like they wanted to be yep. like married at some point or together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're young. They're not, you know, right. they're, they're like 12, 13, maybe 14 at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I... You know, I I wondered if that was their, maybe just supposed to be their way of working out some of these really big questions that they were struggling with and not mm. knowing um, how their future was going to pan out. Hmm. And and maybe almost like a, a somewhat safer way for them to explore what the other one was really thinking. Okay. About Instead of just talking about it. Right. And I, I don't know why the author chose to go that route with it instead of just having them have a conversation about, you know, how, how can we stay together when you're lifted and I'm not or whatever. Yeah. Which in and of itself seems so weird to me because I'm like, what's the big deal? I just don't, right. you know. Right. Um, but in some ways our, our society does do that about stupid stuff. So it's not, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the expectation was Josie will go to college. She'll make a wonderful life for herself. Rick's just going to have to just sort of get by. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he may be able to get into this one college that still believes in taking unlifted kids mm-hmm. if he works really hard. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if it was just, again, like the author making a statement about the stupid stuff that we allow to limit ourselves. Mm. Or our, or relationships. our relationships. Yeah. Um, that's kind of all I could come up with. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. But, yeah. but I did find that sort of odd, this, mm-hmm. that little game that they had. Yes. And like I said, all I can come up with is maybe it was, it was, it felt like a safer way to explore some of those questions. Yeah. Which, I don't know. That explanation makes sense. Um, especially if, if you put your um, mindset in the, you know, like they were teens, preteens or teens. Right. So, you know, they're a little bit younger and maybe can't fully 
um, express how they feel to each other or they don't have the words to say. Like, yeah, and it did seem like there was sort of a more um, limited capacity for communication Mm -hmm. in this society. Mm -hmm. Like, people weren't as good at communicating with each other or Mm -hmm. expressing themselves. Um, which again is interesting because it's like they say that these kids are uplifted. Well, I just didn't see it. I'm I like, know. They don't seem any. They don't seem any more intelligent. They don't seem. They're certainly not any more emotionally intelligent or right. socially right. intelligent. Mm-hmm. In fact, they seem stunted. Mm-hmm. You know, emotionally and and socially. Um, and well, I didn't also didn't understand why they couldn't really be with other kids. It's like everybody had to study at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the the whole idea of um, you're lifted, but that doesn't give you any, you know, extra abilities or whatever in life, if that yeah. is also speaking to, yeah, you might have grown up like this or in this type of home, but Ricky, who his mom is a drug addict and you know, they're poor, uh, can get along just fine. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder if the author was trying to say all of this stuff that we say makes us better. Right. Whether it be technology or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, what's it really doing for Mm -hmm. us? And are we actually becoming better or more sympathetic or more emotionally connected or more socially connected or are we actually going the other way Mm -hmm. yeah and so maybe that was the statement he's trying to make there Mm -hmm. yeah uh another question i had was near the end of the book um so the Josie's parents think pretty much that she's going to die. That's why they went through with all of this. And you meet the man um, that um, Mr. Capaldi, I think was his name. Um, yeah. That was drawing a portrait of her, <laughs> but he wasn't really drawing a portrait of her. He was making her, um, her clone pretty much. So, yeah. Um, so the parents, the father seemed a little bit more hesitant than the mother and they, they weren't together anymore, but the father, you know, it seemed like he really, really wrestled with this idea more so than the mom. But at the end of the book, it talks about um, Clara wanting to help heal Josie so that they don't have to go through with this plan. And she tries once and fails. She, she talks to the son because they, the artificial friends uh, recharge (laughs) when they're in the sun. So they, um, uh, what's that called? Solar. They're solar powered. Yeah. Solar powered. Um, So she thinks, well, if I talk to the sun, on Josie's behalf, maybe she'll be healed and she'll, you know, have the energy she needs and, and be able to function and not die. And then she talks to the son again near the end of the book. And then Josie is cured. I don't know. I don't, I don't quite understand what happened there. Um, I didn't either. So, you know, going back to the beginning, of course, like you said, since they're solar powered, 
basically Clara just gets this idea that mm-hmm. the sun has special powers, not just for herself mm-hmm. being solar powered, but for humans as well, which I don't understand. I mean, all I can say is that when she was in the store and she was looking out the window, she saw, she said he was a homeless man yeah. who wasn't looking well. And at one point she had determined that he had died. Yeah. And then the next morning, um, the sun comes up and he gets up and walks off with yeah. his dog and everything. Which actually so he she... had just been sleeping, right? Was well, it? That, I, that's what I was going to say. I'm assuming he was just sleeping. I think he was. I think he was a homeless man. He was sleeping. She thought that he had died. And then in the morning he got up and she's like, oh, it's because of the sun. But I fi- I sort of figured she should be more intelligent than that because but, she knows how the world works. Well, she knows that pe- humans sleep. Yeah, that's true. But and this knows, was when you know, she was still in the so, store. So, so maybe, maybe he's saying that they, that these AF have the capability to learn. And so maybe she was still learning about how people works. People work. And she formed that connection in her head at that point and just kept it. Yeah. Just thought, Stuck okay. with so it. So maybe that's what he was going for. Cause maybe. to me, it, it did seem like he was just sleeping or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then later on, she, like you said, she talks to the sun and she makes a deal with the sun mm-hmm. that she's going to, um, you know, that the sun will help Clara or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, will help Josie and will heal her. And so at this one point in the story, Josie's not doing well and they're worried she's going to actually die. And Clara kind of goes over and, like, opens all the curtains mm-hmm. and, you know, just tries to let in the sunlight uh, in Josie's bedroom because Josie's just laying there supposedly dying. And the sun comes out and she's healed. Like, yeah. she's better. Yeah. Like, she actually so is I, better. <laughs> yeah. So, I really, again, I don't, it's, it's almost like, I feel like all of these things are, like, sort of surreal and mm. so that makes me wonder if it's more of just a statement than an actual story like mm. he's saying what really heals us is the the natural world and the huh. real things in life and the real relationships and how we actually function is uh you know on our planet or that you know yeah and so I, I don't know if he's trying to say like huh we need to get we need to get back to nature we need to be more at one with our environment. I'm not uh-huh. sure. Well, I think that would make more sense than because the book does not give you answers and you kind of have no. to read and into it a little a, bit. Yeah. And it's such a weird scene mm-hmm. where she's, I mean, and it's not, I don't think it's just Clara because the other characters kind of say too, like, oh, she's not doing well. She's really, right. you know, right. You know, so it's not just Clara thinking right. that she's dying. She really is dying mm-hmm. according to, you know. Yep. And yeah, so that's, that's a, that's part of the whole, um, what do they call it? Unreliable narrator thing. Mm. Yeah. You start, you start, because Clara is an AF, she's not a human right. being. So we sort right. of question her conclusions a lot of times. Uh-huh. Well, in this instance. I think she actually was correct that Josie really was unwell and she really was somehow healed. Mm -hmm. So take from that way you will. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I also. I don't know. (laughs) I know. I know. I also um, thought that the very end was 
sad, but um, in it, it just I don't know how to explain the emotions, but it, Clara, um, you come back uh, to the scene where she is in sounds like a a junkyard, and yeah. she sees um, the woman who or not woman, but the the housekeeper or whatever who um, took care of her while she was waiting to be bought or purchased in the store. And there's just all of these discarded AFs and uh, Clara is among them. And they have this conversation. Um, it's just very, uh, it, it was sad to me. It's like, here is yeah. Clara who gave up, you know, everything for Josie and then obviously Josie eventually throws her away or sends her off to this you know this place and in a way it made me think that she was like the the idea or the concept of a discarded savior came to mind and I'm like yeah she she gave all she had to this one person and she was completely devoted and was willing to risk everything, even though, you know, robots can't necessarily like have that emotion, but still yeah. her action showed that. And right. She was just thrown away in the yeah. very end. So but do you think he's trying to say something about the nature of friendship? Uh, Maybe. Maybe, I, I think, well, well obviously with, when, when I think of it, I think of our world, to, our world today, discarding, you know, our savior, um, yeah. which I know is not at all probably what he was thinking, but that's kind of where my mind went. And it's like, how sad yeah. that, you know, this yeah. sacrificial um, being has done something so great and people just throw it away. Um, right. So I don't know. That's where my mind went. And I know that's not what the author intended, but, um, you know, we always see things through that lens because yeah, that's who we are. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was just interesting to me. What did you think of the ending? I agreed. I thought it was a little bit a little bit sad because, um, you know, you don't understand, I, I, I didn't really understand what kind of future she would have. She obviously still had some mental capacity, right. but it seems like these AF, their, their mental capacity does sort of diminish over time. Mm -hmm. And so eventually they're not, um, good companions anymore or right. however you want to say it. Right. They're not, you know, not good enough anymore. You have to get a new one. And so she is, yeah, she's kind of discarded and, and mm -hmm. yeah, I agreed. It was kind of like sad, but at the same time you're like, and I don't totally know why, cause she's a machine, mm -hmm. you know, like, I but, know, I know, you know, so, but um, there too is the feeling of we're connected to this machine and we have feelings for it and <laughs> yeah, it's a machine, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, there's, it's, it's definitely, it was, it's a different kind of a book. Did it you is. have anything else you wanted to talk about? 
I don't think so. I really had a lot more questions than I had answers for this one. That's kind of how I felt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's where I was not even sure quite how to categorize it for everybody. Other I know. Than to say it's sort of a futuristic, almost dystopian mm-hmm. slash sci-fi. Yeah. Um, it sort of defies categorization. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, do you think you're ready to kind of get yeah. your... Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, I, I did enjoy this book because it brought up a lot of questions in my mind that um, were just super, super interesting for me to think about. But there were also a lot of parts of it that seemed unfinished to me or just not answered. And this whole discussion, I feel like, has been, well, maybe it was this. Or maybe the author wanted you to think about this. So it's definitely a different feel, I think, of a read. Right. Um, And you just kind of have to, like, guess what the answers to your questions might be. Um, Right. So I I did enjoy this book, but because of all of the details um, that just weren't clear to me, I would probably give it an eight o'clock, which is a three. I I really did like the story. Um, and if I was going, I don't know. See, I'm torn a little bit. If I was going on the story alone, I would say Javalia, but... When you really start to think about the details of it, I would say 8 o'clock. So, somewhere between 8 o'clock and Javalia. Because it definitely kept my attention. I wanted to read it. I wanted to keep reading. Um, But, yeah, it was a strange book. It was strange. Yeah, it was a very different one. Yeah. Especially for us. Yes. So, what, what would you give it? Um... So I have this bad habit of sort of just like not deciding until we've sort of discussed. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> so because because I feel like that is the um like it, deciding for me factor. the discussion. Yeah, for yeah. me the discussion brings it all together because sometimes I haven't thought of some of the things that sort of right. come out in our discussion, and so I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, mm-hmm. that puts a different spin on it or whatever. Right. Um, and so I, I'm literally sitting here still going like, I, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to die on the hill of my, um, of my, uh, rating here today. But, <laughs> right. um, that being said, I, I do think there, that the author brings out a lot of very deep ideas mm-hmm. through his story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I, I, that's kind of amazing because I, how, I don't know how he did that. Yeah. That's, like, the way that he managed to put the story together um, makes you ask all these really big questions yes. about the nature of friendship and the nature of, t- you know, technology and, mm-hmm. and what is a soul and mm-hmm. just all of this stuff. Um, so that's amazing. And yet, for me, mm-hmm. it just felt very sterile, Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. The entire story felt very... Sterile and almost surreal. Do you think because it was coming from Claire's perspective? I think that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, think that's me, how he wanted it to be? 
Or... And, and that's quite possible. He may have, that may have been, he obviously chose to make Clara the narrator for a reason. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he could have had somebody else be the narrator. Josie could have mm-hmm. been the narrator mm-hmm. or the mother or Rick or who, you know. Right. Um, so I think that's probably what he was going for. But for me, it made it a not as fun read. Yeah. And I didn't particularly enjoy reading this book. Mm. So because of that, for me, I really, it was between... A Folgers and a Duncan. Okay. I just, it wasn't an enjoyable read. Okay, it is. So it's for me. Low down there. <laughs> um, it's pretty low. I just, it, it, and I think, and maybe it's it's due to my own prejudices. I just really enjoy sort of the cozier books. The oh, ones yeah. that sort of like drag you along in the emotions of it. Yes. And I didn't feel any emotions. I didn't care about Josie. Right. Frankly, if she died, I wasn't going to be sad. <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> I know I, I, it's honestly, I mean, I didn't even care and I really didn't even care about Rick or uh, there was, I, I can't name a character I really cared about. I know. Um, I so cared about me, Clara. Isn't that kind of interesting? Like the only one who isn't human. Is... I would say maybe I cared about her a little more than the others, but even her, I was always, I just didn't care that much. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. It's a little sad. She's in the junkyard, but. Other than that, right. you know, I just, I, right. I just, it didn't, it didn't draw me in emotionally. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's one of the, that's one of the big reasons I read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, it's, it's, I, I don't know where to land exactly. I think it's going to end up being a one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of Folgers. Because it wasn't like, it, it, it's not that it didn't have any worth at all. Yeah. It, it brings up a lot of very important questions. Uh-huh. But for me, it didn't answer the reason of why I'd want to read a book. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, um, that's a good point because why do we read, um, maybe our ideas of reading are a little bit different. Um, which again, the fact that we're even talking about that, that's brilliant. I mean, he's he's clearly a brilliant person that he can bring out all this, all of this out of, out of us from a book. Uh huh. But I think I read for a different reason than he writes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Here's a bit of a disconnect for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll let you have that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it at least a little bit. Yeah. I, I really thought, oh, boy. I brought because this this one was one that I had come up with for us to read, and so I was like, "Oh, yeah." I don't know if it's often that I rate one that much different than you, or that yeah, much higher than than you would. Yeah, this is a a bit of a unique one, uh huh, for us to have that big of a difference, yeah, in opinion. So I guess go out and read it and see for yourself. All right, tell us what you think of it. 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 (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear. I would. Yes. I'd love to hear what people think. Other people's, because I'm sure there was so much more in it that people could discuss oh, sure. and, yeah, you know, have opinions about. Yeah, there's a about. lot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you so, want to say what we're doing for the next episode? Yes. All right. So this, I'm, a, I'm, I'm excited about this. Me but too. But I still haven't figured it all out yet. So our next one, we're taking a, a little break from... Um, a book and we're going to do kind of another different one we're going to do um, five genres of books Mm -hmm. our favorite pick from five different genres yeah so 
Um, you'll have to join us back again to see what they are because we're not going to announce them here, but we will be, that's our next podcast. And I'm kind of excited. Are you excited? Yeah, I am too. Um, we'll let you know the, the genres too next time on the podcast. So make sure you join us next time where the coffee and the books are perfect blend.